This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. And um, this will be the last uh, Dimland Radio podcast that will use this particular composition notebook for my show prep notes. This one is full. No, there will still be Dimland Radios. I just wanted to make you nervous for a second there. Uh, I uh, have come to the end of this, this composition notebook. Uh, generally, it takes me two pages. Well, generally, it takes me two pages. There's no general about it. That's what it does. It takes me two pages of of of, of composition notebook, writing out the notes for my show prep, uh, the, my guideline that helped me along in doing this this uh, this little thing that I do for you guys out there who listen, and for me to just get it out at the end of the week you know the the stuff that builds up in me to just get it out and get it archived and and send it out there and if somebody likes it uh, and wants to listen to it that's cool yeah and and if not well at least I got it out there okay so uh, I guess I'll start with uh, I'll, I'll try not to get dig too deeply into this uh, the ugliness that took place last weekend in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, there was um, there was a confluence of uh, three groups that caused some um, sparks, and it led to a an, an image, one image of a high school kid. Wearing a you know a red mega hat, make America great again hat, smirking, while a elderly Native American uh, holding a drum and chanting just inches from the kid's face, surrounded by other teenage boys, some of them wearing the mega hats, with looks of uh, smiles and and derision and hooting on their faces so this the narrative there seemed to be clear but was it was it clear what really happened that day i don't suppose we'll know for sure what was really in the hearts and minds of the people involved again i don't suppose we'll really know for sure but it certainly was ugly now as i said there were three groups Involved, um, there was the Covington Catholic High School boys, and the the, the kid that's um, seen smirking in the pictures. His name is Nick Sand Sandman, and uh, there were Native Americans involved, and the older fellow that we see, uh, the Native elder, his name is Nathan Phillips. But the third group that I haven't seen a lot of talk about, at least not on my Facebook, uh, were the black Hebrew Israelites. There were five of those guys there. And they are a sect that um, is essentially, I would say, very much similar to the Westboro Baptist Church folks, you know, the God Hates Fags people that show up to hold signs and spit vitriol at you know, 
veterans' funerals because you know these people are so homophobic that you know they they justify their hate by finding verses in the Bible. And these fellows. Well, <clears throat> when I refer to them from now on, I will refer to them as assholes because that's what they were. They were assholes. They are the kind of guys uh, that wants to get negative attention. They'll take it. They, it'll help with the martyr feeling that they might want to cultivate, uh, and and uh, and I think. To an extent, they hope that to um, provoke others into violence. Again, I think that will head toward their martyr feelings. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know this for sure, but that's how these guys come across. See, there's this hour and 46-minute video done in the portrait format. Oh, God, I already hate the guys because of that. But, I mean, they, there's there's... There's three fellows standing in a line, right? One guy holds a, a Bible, and he's he's asked to quote the the cherry-picked verses to to back up these guys' hate. And then there's another fellow that's holding a sign that gives some definitions of uh, what they're talking about and some pictures and such. And the guy in the middle is the is the is the mouthpiece. He's the guy that does most of the shouting through the entire one hour. And 46 minutes, it gets very tiring. And I and I have to admit, I did not watch the entire. I would skip ahead a little bit. And it's, okay, okay, I got it, right. And there's two other fellows circling around uh, with, with their phones going. And the fellow that we get all this video from, he's the one that didn't know how to hold his, his camera. Uh, the other guy is holding it right. Why didn't we get his video? <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. It's... If you watch the whole thing, I will link to that video so you can watch it if you want. I will link to some other articles, uh, some opinion pieces, some, you know, you know, where there's one piece that was written by a Caitlin Flanagan for The Atlantic. Um, she wrote about how the media messed this up and gives uh, as complete, at least from her gathering of information that she can of what had happened that day. Uh, there is a, an opinion piece by a fellow named Eric Zorn. That's, I think, in the Chicago Tribune. I'll link to that. And he he echoes something that I said to my wife uh, a couple nights ago when, um, when we were talking about this thing. And I will also link to a... There's a 23-minute piece on YouTube by Glenn Beck. Yes, I know, Glenn Beck. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to get around the horn kind of things and I'll see what else I can find that might you know like be a counter to the Glenn Beck look at it and just there's these things that yeah you know, so I'll let them do most of the heavy lifting if you want to look through it you can see what they're saying and how they're interpreting the situation and all that but the 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 five assholes decided that you know it was a good day to head down to the Lincoln Memorial and start yelling at people about how you know that the you know that they are the chosen people, uh, and that the Native Americans that were there to do a ceremony, um, they were not the chosen people, and they started try to uh, try to bait the the Native Americans that were there into some confrontation, and a f there was. A couple of them, of the Native Americans, that would turn and and throw back some insults back and forth. But uh, and and some there was a couple that uh, of them that tried to engage these fellows and say, "Look, one one guy came up and was very soft spoken and and just respectful and said, essentially, I guess was telling them, look, we're doing this ceremony. Can you just you know give us a break?' <laughs> essentially, and and a, and a woman came up to talk to them about." Uh, you know what they were talking about, and tried to engage with them for a little bit, and she—they seemed to get some common ground for a moment there. And she was challenging them, though, on some of their thoughts. And at some point, these these five assholes realized she's a woman, and she was dismissed. Uh, where's your husband? And then the one guy that's doing the portrait video of it, who you hear punctuating a lot of the stuff with the phrase, "That's right." 
he turns the camera on himself and he makes some misogynist statements, sexist statements about women, about how this woman didn't have a real man and that kind of stuff. And he's like, so these guys are assholes, okay? <laughs> There's, that's what they are. They believe they're in the right. They believe they're following the right path and all that kind of stuff and, and all that, right? So that's how this all starts. This, the Covington High School boys are barely even part of it at this point. There's a few of them milling about. Now, the deal with them is each year they, this, this, these, this, this high school sends, uh, uh, brings out a bunch of kids to a March for Life protest against abortion. And these kids have been doing it, I guess, for 10 years, the school has. And part of what they do is once they're done with the march, they do, a little, they do some sightseeing, and then they all gather in front of the Lincoln Memorial to wait for their bus to bring them back to their school. And that's, you know, so the kids were beginning to gather. And some of them were wearing the Make America Great Again hats. And that did not did escape the notice of the, four ass, of the five assholes who began to call them out. And there's, and the, of the racist rhetoric that came about through this, this hour and 46 minutes, uh, I didn't hear any from the Native Americans. Uh, there's only one point at which I can point to something that the, the high school boys did that I would say, yeah, right there. You crossed the line there. I'll get to that. But the, the racism, the, the hurled racism, the, was these five assholes. They just, they would throw it out. They were calling the, 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 uh, the Native American folks, they were calling them savages, and they were calling them Uncle Tomahawks. Uh, they called some. There was a. There was a, another. There was another African American fellow in the in the in the gathering. They called him and Uncle Tom. Uh, and they 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 started going after these kids and calling them uh, crackers, wearing their racist hats. I thought, wait a minute. Okay, um, the the hats a racist thing, but you're calling them crackers. What isn't? Huh? Aren't you? What? That doesn't? Huh? That doesn't compute. But then you don't expect them to make sense because they're assholes, and. The kids, for the most part, were just somewhat bemused and not sure what to do. Now, the problem happened when more and more kids began to gather. And I guess, now this is according to Glenn Beck, part of what they do each year is when they finally get in front of, they're all together, they do some school spirit chants or songs or whatever. They do that. So the kids were now getting riled up by the, the five assholes who had who had turned their attention away from the Native Americans and gone after the kids. Um, now, for, and, and also uh, uh, another more kudos toward the Native American folks, most, most of them kept their cool. There were a couple of them that started to get a little heated, but then what would happen would be another member of the group of their group would come over and to that person was starting to get a little heated and just say, you know, to essentially to kind of turn them around and say, uh, I'm sure they were saying, just ignore them. Just ignore them. They're just trying to get you mad. They're just trying to get you, you know, so just ignore them. And that's, I saw that happen several times. And eventually the Native Americans just said, you know what? You guys are beyond reason. We're moving on. So, it, and that's part of why they drew their attention to the kids. Uh, Glenn Beck suggested that they drew their attention to the kids because they started to feel that maybe the Native Americans could back up some of, uh, you know, uh, you know, could put their their fists where the, the, these guys' mouths were. You know what I mean? So they they turned to the kids and they said, "Why aren't you guys going after these kids wearing the racist hats, the MAGA hats? You know, why aren't you going after them?" And then they started going after the kids, and as the and the kids started doing their chanting, uh, they did the seven army thing that uh, that. Uh, uh, the the what is it the white stripes have and somehow became a sports anthem I don't know how that became a sports anthem but it did and and so the kids start doing that and and uh, I guess they they asked one of their chaperones if they could do the school chant to the cheers or the whatever and so the chaperone must have given them permission so they're doing that and then at some point then this Nathan Phillips comes in and he, he and a smaller group of Native Americans with drums, chanting, head over to the kids. The kids back up a little bit, but then they kind of surround the guy and then that's where the face-to-face the -face thing happens between the two of them. And that's, and as uh, this is as Glenn Beck points at it, and, and Caitlin 
Flanagan point at it to said this is where the media pointed their attention. They didn't seem to have much to say about the five assholes. These were the instigators. These were the provocators. These were the racist guys. Now, Glenn Beck did conveniently leave out the fact that uh, several of the kids at some point, you know, when the face-to-face was happening, there were some kids doing the tomahawk chop and the chant that goes along with that. You guys know what that is. It's uh, the Atlanta Braves do it. The Florida State Seminoles do it. The fans and the and and the Kansas City Chiefs do it. Oh my goodness! I was rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs and I was watching the game and then the fans start doing it. I went, oh no, yeah, that's right, guys, not cool, not cool. So some kids did that. So there was that's where they crossed. That's the one thing that they crossed the line. Philip said that he heard them shouting, build the, build the wall, but none of the kids, they said, none of the kids said that, but the, the assholes did. Uh, so it's, you know, so this happens. Fortunately, it fizzled out. There was no, no fists were thrown, no, you know, no violence took place. The kids got on their buses and they went away. The Native Americans went back to their, to their ceremony, and the assholes uh, eventually just p- packed up shop. The police came by and talked to these these five guys, and they were, and the five guys were very respectful of the police, very courteous, and said, "Oh no, yeah, well, there was some discussion, there was some debate. You know how things can get, but but we never felt threatened." They were, it was fine. They were threatened, and they talked about how there are angels that we don't see. And then at some point when the police said, well, okay, fine, fair enough, and they leave, and the, co- the guys are going, the guys said to each other, you know, and those guys are angels too, or something worse to that effect. So it's, it's, it's a strange thing <laughs> of what happens. And I posted some stuff saying this is complicated. The kids... What happened with them is they, they, got, they got part of what's called the, you know, the mob mentality. And and not to, to you know, the kids weren't saints, they weren't heroes, they weren't evil, but they they weren't they were assholes themselves at some point. The more minor of the assholes, the major assholes were the five guys that were just there to prov- to provoke. They were there to provoke. Um, they you know maybe you know in the sense in the in the in the spirit of charity. Uh, they were doing essentially. If, uh, if 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 a person were to see me walking off the curb and I didn't notice a bus was coming at me and they pull me away, uh, I've heard it described as that. That people that proselytize, you know, their their proselytizing is saving all the Native Americans that were there and 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 the, and the Catholic boys that were there. It's saving them from the oncoming bus by you know you have to follow God our way and that kind of thing. That's what they were trying to do. That's what they were trying to accomplish there, I guess, in the sense of charity. But the way they were doing it, using the Bible to find justification for being hate, angry and hating and all this kind of crap and to belittle women and all that. Uh, uh, there's some, I guess there's some video that shows that kids that might have been part of this group making some fairly sexist comments to some women uh, were that showed up and, and some other stuff. Um... It's, but I lay the blame, and so does Eric Zorn. This is the the columnist who wrote for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, he, I read this after I talked to my wife about it. As far as the kids are concerned, I lay the blame on the chaperones. Where were the chaperones? Why didn't they come out and say, guys, boys? No, no chance. If if that's what they did traditionally, we're not going to do it. We're not going to. We're not going to rise. We're not going to do it. We're just going to just ignore them. You just ignore them. Uh, Nathan Phillips believed that that moving in between them was to keep. He thought he was keeping you know violence from taking place, but he said some things that that uh, seemed to be inaccurate as to the 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 behavior of the boys, uh, but. It could be just how he perceived it when he moved in on it. I don't know. It was ugly. It was ugly all around. Um, I just wonder why the five assholes haven't been focused on more than than they had. You know, I mean, I I see barely anything in it about them um, through social media and this stuff. I see a lot of that picture of the kids smirking and a lot of people are raged about that. But I will say this. I did see this uh, said on, on, on Facebook. I thought it was a good point. 
uh, person says, you know, somebody would try to justify the kid's behavior because they were provoked. But this, uh, the person said, oh, if you're provoked, if, if you're being provoked and what you, comes out of you is something racist, that's still racist. I mean, if these kids were calling these other guys assholes or jerks or something, that's fine. But the, but the tomahawk chop, that's, see, that's, you know, that's... <sighs> so Glenn Beck's uh, version of things isn't quite as I saw it. And you know, it's, I, so I will link to all this kind of stuff. I will let you guys look at it and read it as you want and see what you think. Um, I do think that the media failed in it. I think they, they ran with a certain narrative and decided that this is what it is, and I think they got it wrong. Uh, but, uh, you, know, it, you know, so before I head to break, I wanted to say this. Um, I have a, if you allow me to fantasize just for a moment here, um, I, was, I would have loved to have been able to, to put myself there, okay? Uh, I would show up there on the steps, and you know, just as it's all heightened up, the 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 you know, Fred uh, Nathan Phillips is with his group face to face with the kids. Uh, you know, the assholes are shouting and yelling and everything, and and just have my just put my hand up and say, "Excuse me, excuse me," and get all their attention. I am fantasizing here, okay? Excuse me. Um, hi. Um, do you mind if I take a minute just to say something? Great, thanks. Um, I'm an atheist. Uh, I don't believe in a god or gods or spirits. I don't believe in an afterlife of any kind. And as an atheist, uh, I'm not going to knock on your door and uh, to tell you the good news about not believing in God. Uh, and I'm not going to stand in front of a national monument and shout at strangers about how stupid they are for believing in a god or gods or spirits or anything like that. Um, now, I do sincerely hope the best for all of you. I hope you all have good lives, that your, your kids are good, and that you, you find happiness and contentment and peace and love in your life. I hope that for all of you. I really do. I sincerely really do hope that for all of you. I just don't think you need God to have any of that. And so, you know, um, I'll just let you guys get back to your discussion on which God or gods you should worship and just exactly how you should, okay? While I go off and enjoy the rest of my day. Okay? Thanks. And then I walk away. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. If this station is not your cup of tea... Then drink coffee! 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 coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. Hey, <laughs> 
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Okay, you're you're back. I'm back on Dimland Radio. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, excuse me. Uh, had to suppress a burp for a second there. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on uh, about the incident. First, the, the MAGA hat. Uh, again, in the spirit of charity... Uh, I can I can accept that when the hat first was introduced to our culture, that it was uh, taken by I don't know if I say most, but uh, um, a good number of uh, supporters of our president uh, when he was running for for office uh, that they wore it to support the president and they believed in the statement make america great again they didn't it wasn't to them it wasn't a signal for uh racism it wasn't a symbol of racism um it may be for some it might have been uh but uh it unfortunately that's what it is now and sometimes you don't you, people don't get to decide what things mean you know, it's like the the whether fair or not, the general consensus is becoming, at least I think it is. I maybe I shouldn't say general consensus because you know I don't my Facebook page isn't everybody, but it's it seems to be quickly becoming or it has become. You see the red hat with the Make America Great on it, and it's become the equivalent of the white hood. It's just and and it may not be fair. It may not be what it, its intent was from the beginning. It could just been a simple, you know, it's just a campaign slogan. Uh, Bill Clinton said it at some point uh, when he was running for office. Ronald Reagan had said it. I'm sure there have been plenty of other presidential candidates uh, through the history of this country that have said things like that. It seems like everybody thinks that, boy, if we just go back just this many years or this many decades, that would be great. If we just go back to the way America was you know, in the 1950s. That was great. Wasn't it great? Well, it wasn't great for everybody. It might have been great for, you know, the economy was booming. So we had a, 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 a thriving middle class. We, we, you know, we had, you know, single income families that could, to, could own a house, own a car, take a vacation. They could do things like that. Well, we can't now. Uh, but, you know, there was that. But then... And ask the women of the 1950s, how great were the 50s? Ask the ask minorities of the 1950s, how great the 1950s were. Were they was America great for you then? Was it great? You know, it's it's and it's and I I read somebody else that wrote some piece on this that it just seems like it's a it's just it's just, it's just this human foible that we have that we look back and we think we think that it was it was so much better then. Why in my day? But it wasn't. It's it's. I mean, something might have been. But I think it's better now. Most everything's better now. It usually gets better as we keep going along. Let's let's. But it's not perfect. It's not great. And so, how about this for the next campaign hat? Make America great for everyone. How about that? Let's make America great for everybody, and not just Americans, for the whole world. Let's make America a great country for everyone, for everyone on the planet, for everyone. How about we do that? How about we look forward and challenge ourselves to make it to make it so it's great for everybody? Instead of looking back and saying, boy, it was great for some of us, let's go back to that. That may not be what uh, people are consciously thinking, but that's what that's what's going on. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I maybe not know for sure, but that just seems like that's what they're looking at. So, like it or not, that's what the hat man means now. It's 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 the it's the white hood. It's the burning cross. That's what it means now. Maybe that's not fair, but that's how it goes. Uh, I mentioned 
that uh, you know Glenn Beck kind of conveniently left out the tomahawk chopping. Uh, Caitlin Flanagan in her write-up. See, there was a couple other things that came out about the the school, the boys, the Catholic school kids uh, that came across the internet that showed. Well, see, this this school is nothing but this you know a haven for racism. And that may not be a fair characterization of what I'm doing just there, but it seems like that's what these elements were supposed to show. And I will link to an article that attempts to explain how these these two images that, that floated around the Internet may not be exactly what they're being presented as being. The first one is, this, is one I can say, okay, maybe. Uh, it's the high school kids, they're playing basketball, and they're holding up the okay signs. You know, you know what the OK sign is, but you may have heard that for you know that that supposedly means can mean white power, whether it was a hoax dreamt up by 4chan or whether it was really a symbol that 4chan this this you know internet assholes that decided to use this to to, to troll the left to to freak them out. So, you know, pictures of people doing that. It's it's come to mean with some of them that that's what you know. That means white power. The three fingers up is the W. The circle of the finger and the thumb, and the uh, the straight part of the wrist and the arm is the P. White power. Okay. Um, so those, but it was explained that those kids doing that—that's the symbol that they make when a teammate uh, drains a three. You know, they hit the basket from a certain distance, and it counts for three points, and that's what they do. I found some other thing on the internet. There's a fellow that uh, plays uh, uh, for the. He played for the um, Portland Trailblazers, I think that's what they're called. I don't, I, I'm not as much of a basketball fan. Uh, he would do the OK symbol, but he would put the circle up around his eye, and he would call it the three goggles or something like that. That's that. So maybe this is a variant of that. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but that's... so. Okay, I'm willing to take that, but it's still, it's a little maybe... But the, the guy that wrote the article says, hey, he played basketball and they've done it for years. That's what they did and it wasn't it didn't mean white power. Just that's what we did. Okay. The other picture is uh, the kids participating in, I guess this happens in high schools, where they get as many of their, at a home game, they get as many of the fans to dress up all in black. So they call it a blackout. And there's a picture of them, the kids dressed in black, and they're surrounding an opposing player who's inbounding a ball. It's in basketball again. He's going to inbound the ball. So they're, they're all gathered around behind him. They're screaming and yelling. They're trying to intimidate him. Okay, so far I'm fine with all that. But four of the kids are in body paint and blackface. Ooh. <laughs> um, again, just like what I said before, where was the chaperone there? Where's the adult that's taking the tickets when these kids are coming in and they are in blackface. Or where's the adult, that, somebody, that official with the school that's, that maybe the kids put the blackface on while they were there and they snuck, you know, where's the adult that sees it? Where's the principal that comes walking down and says, ah, 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 out, out, you four, out. And then she said, you're coming in with your teachers and we're going to have a discussion about this. Just blackface isn't acceptable. And I was almost willing to say the kids are just dumb and they didn't realize what they were doing. Almost willing to do that. But one of the kids, I look closely at the picture, one of the kids has white makeup around his eyes and white makeup making a cartoonish smile on his around his mouth. That's what the minstrels did. That's what he, I mean, this. Uh, that's what it is. And oh, so, yeah. So, when I talked about Caitlin Flanagan and she's giving the rundown all this, she sort of glosses over the blackface incident. She doesn't quite dig into it. I think that kid knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, so that's so these kids aren't saints. It's just disgusting. I'm telling you. I found out that in the in Great Britain land over there, for 20 years. From 1958 to 1978, they had on the BBC, they had a television program, a, a variety entertainment show called the Black and White Minstrel Show, where they had white men singing and dancing in blackface with white women singing and dancing with them as white women in showgirl outfits. And there are clips on YouTube, and it's disgusting. And yes, it did raise the ire of civil rights groups over there, but 20 
years, and it was a popular show. You know, racism isn't just an American thing. And that's, it's weird, because there are times in in our history where things like that didn't, it, it just worked, they were accepted. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. They, the, the public, just the greater public, uh, just didn't, didn't see it, didn't know it, didn't realize it. Speedy Gonzalez, sure, that's fine. Uh, the lazy Mexican uh, mice that Speedy Gonzalez comes to rescue, I mean, well, sure, that, that's fine. These things in, in Warner Brother cartoons, the Looney Tunes, there would be stuff that would happen where uh, a character would have something blow up in their face and their face would turn into blackface. And as a kid watching that, I had no idea, but as I got older, I realized, oh, that's what they're doing. Really? This, and nobody, huh? This was acceptable? And, and it was. The movie Breakfast at Tiffany's has a, an incredibly anti-Japanese portrayal by Mickey Rooney. And it, it's all the stereotypes. It's right directly out of the, of the middle of World War II, the kind of depiction of this Japanese fellow that he plays, the landlord uh, for Tiff... Uh, what's her name's landlord? Holly Golightly, uh, you know, who played by Audrey Hepburn. And I can remember there was, uh, I saw this uh, scene from, uh, uh, it was a biopic about Bruce Lee, who was an Asian fellow. He's known for martial arts films. He was a, he was a, he's very, very popular. He's, he'd become an icon. And in the movie, it depicts him, he's, he's on a date with a young white woman. They go to a movie. They're in a movie theater filled with white people. They're watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. And the audience, the white audience, sitting around this Asian fellow, and I don't, I, 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 I I'm not sure is Bruce Lee Chinese, but it doesn't matter. He's an Asian fellow. He's seeing another Asian a depiction of another Asian person on, on, in the film that is just horrible, and everyone around him, including the person he's dating, are laughing hysterically at this portrayal. And he's sitting there, and you're seeing the anger, the 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 embarrassment, the 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 uh, uh, just this. The disgust that he's feeling about the people, and you're seeing that right in that moment there. But the people around him had no idea, and never thought about it. I like to think we've come a ways since then, but we still have a ways to go. And you know, kids showing up at basketball games in blackface, uh, and no authority to turn them around and say, no, 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 get your asses out of here. You know, suspend them from school or whatever they got to do. Ugh, it's just, mm, I'm telling you. Anyway, I'm going to take my next break now, and I'm going to get away from all this, this, this stuff, and I'll get to something, I don't know, fun, <laughs> frivolous, uh, easy to listen to, uh, something, right? So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return again soon. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Grandpa, look what I got. Wait till you see the bike we got for Jake. It is the coolest thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech Language Hearing Association. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Why does it have to be this 
you can hear by that sounder which I have not done in a long time I have a, a something that's not true for you to talk about um, this is a uh, this is a uh, it's a it could be true I mean this is something that that would be possible and and, I, and I'm not saying that it's it's never happened but it's a good example of the there's a, a skeptics saying, and the scientists uh, agree with this, and I think other people will use this saying to help, you know, keep them thinking critically. Uh, that uh, uh, absence of evidence is not necessarily evidence of absence. That means that just because there isn't any really good, credible evidence that Bigfoot exists, doesn't mean that Bigfoot doesn't exist. However, uh, if you, you know, if if uh, Time uh, adds up over enough time, and no evidence, no good credible evidence comes out. You can start to approach that idea that says, "Well, you know, we've never found any good evidence that Bigfoot exists. We've never found anything. We have been searching for a hundred years, for two hundred years, a thousand years. We, st I'm thinking that we could." maybe say because we haven't found anything for all this time that maybe there is no such thing as a Bigfoot. But again, you can't say it 100% because you know, absence of evidence is not necessarily evidence of absence. Okay, so here's here's an example of that. Cow tipping. Um, you know, we've all heard about it. Cow tipping, you know, it's the kids out in the farmland, uh, they they have a few beers and they want to go have some fun, so they go over to the dairy farmer area and they they go up to one of the cows that's standing there sleeping and they sneak up on it and they knock it down. Ha 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 ha. Well, <laughs> I say the the absence of evidence about that is that. Um, now that we've entered the age of the the uh, ubiquity of video cameras, every just about everybody's got one. I mean, even my flip phone can take video. And you've got all that. And go ahead, do a Google search for cow tipping, and see if you can find any videos of a, of, a, of kids or adults having some fun tipping cows. See if you can find some, because you're not going to. They're not out there. It, it, you can't. You could do it. I did find one source that said that uh, if, you, if you could get close enough to a cow, for one thing, cows aren't going to let you near them most of the time. A dairy cow, I said dairy cows, because they're, they're a little more used to people approaching them. But if you, you're, you see, the thing is, you're going to need five or six people to do it. And you know, and you're gonna be, you're gonna have to sneak up, get close enough to the cow, which is probably not gonna let you get that close to it. If you know five people, six people getting it, it's probably not gonna let you. And 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 if you do knock it down, you better haul ass because it's probably gonna get back up and chase you. <laughs> you're gonna anger the cow because cows can move pretty quickly. They can. I said my wife was showing me a, a video a bit of a cow that was that was running around in circles, running back and forth. It was like it was playing, it was just kind of running back and forth, and and it was I, I, I it was I was kind of surprised. But then you know if you watch the the animal torturing shows of the rodeo, those animals can move, so it's it's possible that they can get up and chase you. And uh, and in that same video, uh, there's a guy that you know. There's a cow that he owns that will let him get that close to him, and he tries to push the cow over. Well, the cow's pushing back. This is it's just you can't do it. And the other thing is, cows don't sleep standing up. They're not like horses. They can't lock their legs. The cows lay down. They they get down on the ground to sleep. So if the cow's standing, it's awake, and you're not going to be able to tip it over. 
So, I mean, theoretically, it may be possible, but cow tipping, you know, it's it's just not true. It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. Oh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get it to play though, one of these. It's time for another Dinland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they got wrong. Uh, I'm putting on the grammar Nazi hat. Or helmet, as it would be, as whatever. Uh, here, because I think I mentioned that uh, I allow myself to check out one celebrity gossip site. It's called What Would Tyler Durden Do? I believe I've mentioned that. And and I know I should not expect great sentences to be written on that page. It, it, there's a fellow that right uh, a person that writes. Right, it could be a guy, it could be a gal. Don't know. But this person named Sam Robeson or Robeson or Robison or you know R O B E S O N. I'm not sure how you say that. Robeson uh, writes a piece. He writes for this, and they they must just dash them off and then just boom post. And I'm telling you, they they need a copy editor. They need somebody to read through them and and look for the typos and look for the sentence fragments and say to, you know to see that whatever they're trying to say comes across that it makes sense. And and it's, it, so every now and then I read something on there and I go, oh goodness gracious! Apparently, the actor Anne Hathaway has recently said that uh, she's going to give up drinking for eighteen years. She's got this two-year-old son. And um, I guess, I don't know, something happened where she thought, you know, I should stay sober for the next 18 years. And which indicates to me, and again, I've said this before, I'm no psychologist, but it indicates to me that she might have a problem. <laughs> she might have a problem. Now, she's young, much younger than I am, and, and she was still much younger than I was when I had my first kid. By the time Hayden came along, uh, my drinking days were not over. I mean, I've got a beer sitting right here next to me right now, but this is my one beer for the week. <laughs> That's all I'll have. I might have, you know, once in a while on a Saturday I might crack another beer, but really this is, uh, that's it. I'm just not, you know, when I meet up with the skeptics, I have one. It's, that's all I have because, you know, I don't have a lot of money and i got to drive, so I don't want to chance it, you know? And I just, I just not into the drinking thing anymore. So um, I, I certainly not into the hangovers. Who I learned at about age 29. That's when I started noticing. Just around 29 or 30, I started noticing. Boy, these hangovers. I used to be able to just shake them off and go to work, but not, nah, it started getting worse. That didn't mean I stopped the the, the drinking uh, right away, but eventually, just it just. By the time I was forty, I was done. By the time Hayden, by the time Hayden came along, and that was I was thirty something, and uh, it just, it just was done, you know. So he never you know, had to worry about it. I never had to worry about it with him, setting an example or anything. But anyway, Anne Hathaway uh, makes this announcement on uh, on Ellen's show, and so I read the piece, and this is how it starts. <clears throat> And I'm going to read it exactly as it was written. And you tell me if, it, if you have the same pause that I had. Hating on Anne Hathaway is very 2000s. And frankly, she's not at the level of stardom anymore that warrants much attention, good or bad. But Anne Hathaway, with coming across as an elitist condescending bag of B, he, he says the whole word, but I'm just going to say B, and recently told Ellen that she's done with booze for the next 18 years. That's where it ends. That's a sentence. That that second thing I read. That that's a sentence. I'm gonna. I'll read it again. 
I'll start with the first sentence works. Second sentence. First sentence. Hating on Anne Hathaway is very 2000s, and frankly, she's not at the level of stardom anymore that warrants much attention, good or bad. But Anne Hathaway, with coming across as an elitist condescending bag of B, and recently told Ellen that she's done with booze for the next 18 years. That's a sentence fragment. It also has an incorrect verb tense in there. So I couldn't help myself. I had to comment, and I wrote this. God damn, you guys need a copy editor. Sometimes these pieces are so poorly written. But Anne Hathaway, with coming across as an elitist condescending bag of B, and recently told Ellen that she's done with booze for the next 18 years. Read that again. That's a sentence fragment. And that also uses the wrong verb tense. This is how the sentence should have been written. But Anne Hathaway came across as an elitist condescending bag of B when she recently told Ellen that she's done with booze for the next 18 years. And then I acknowledge, I know I'll get slagged on for being a grammar Nazi or an old crank or both, but if you want your point to be clear, get a copy editor. Or at least read your piece before you post it. Sorry, but that's... Oh, that gets me. That gets me. Read that kind of crap. Okay, uh, do I have time for my three cool things? Three cool things. Uh, the first cool thing is uh, there was a lunar eclipse, a total lunar eclipse here in the United States. I'm not sure where else in the world it took place, but uh, it happened. And uh, and I got to take a look at it. It's really cool to see the shadow of the flat Earth going across, <laughs> you know, this round shadow, this curved shadow going across this, the surface of the moon, and yet the Earth is flat. I don't get how the flat Earthers look at that, but I'm sure there's a way, they have a way to, to uh, explain that. Uh, anyway, so I watched that happen. Remember, uh, I remember the last time I, I watched it. I was sitting out on the on the deck in the uh, off the back of our house, and it was it was I was listening to a ball game. Uh, it was during the um, postseason a couple of years ago, and out of the corner of my eye, by the back door of our house, I saw what I thought was either a, a cat or a dog, and I turned, and it's a raccoon walking onto our deck and walking in a half circle, coming around, and it was coming right to me. It hadn't noticed I was sitting there. And I told, I, I, so I, as, as, as it's walking up to me, I went, hi, there's someone sitting here. And it stopped, looked at me, and I slowly got up and got in the house. And I got Amy and Hayden to come over and look outside as the as the raccoon decided, I'm going to get out of here. And we watched him climb up and over the, the railing of the, of the deck and off into our yard. And away it went. So that was completely unexpected. But this time, it was cold. So I went out a couple of times outside to look at it, but I could go up to the bedroom and look out the window, but you had to really get at an angle close to the window and get down on a knee to look up to see it. It was very cool. But not only not only was it the total eclipse thing, not only did we have that, but we had a little bonus this time. A meteor hit the moon, or is that a meteorite? Hit the moon while it was in total, in, in the, the, the eclipse was in, to, in total. And the whole thing is in that red color that it gets. And there's a picture that's out that has just this little white pixel on the one side of the moon. And that's that's where the impact was taking place. And they've checked around to see, you know, observing places from around the country and at that time. And they all have that same thing. So it wasn't a glitch or something. that They, they went, oh, a meteor crashed into the moon. That's really cool. Two little two bits that were just cool at one time. Moon gets hit hit with stuff frequently, but to have it all line up at, at that moment, that's that was nifty. Um, number two, Pat Oswald, Pat Oswald, uh, and Sarah Silverman. Uh, they're both comedians and actors and writers, and their their uh, social media presence. They have that and Twitter, and they've both showed. The spirit of charity toward a troll, somebody that 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 expressed such anger at them. Instead of uh, first, Sarah Silverman did this, uh, and I think I don't know if if Patton was uh, influenced by her, but um, they both, instead of uh, returning the invective 
the the vitriol to the to the troll instead of returning that they checked out their the, the trolls accounts and their posts and and learned that these 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 two people were in pain that they had problems that they had medical problems uh, money problems that they had stuff that was going on in their lives and both of these, these these two you know targets of their of the anger of these trolls they both said hey you look like you need help why are you so angry what's going on here explain and 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 they both uh, Sarah Silverman worked, reached out to this guy who didn't have money to get he 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 needed uh, it was obviously needed some therapeutic help uh, he had some uh, child molestation issues um, he had back pain that he was dealing with and he didn't have the money so she helped him get the the care that he needed and and um Pat Oswald realized saw that this fe- this uh, troll that was going after him had a GoFundMe page to help pay medical bills that this guy had and he he was having troubles so Patton donated two grand and then told his followers hey let's help this guy out and he contacted the man and they, they had a dialogue and the man just said boy I was humbled by Pat and he really did help me out and you know just there's there's that spirit of charity maybe there's something going on that that they're not letting you know and if you just give them a chance you might find that they might open up and you might have something happen uh, these are wonderful things uh, very cool and number three, <clears throat> I had a camera in my penis. Uh, I don't often talk about my penis on this show, but I've been having um, some urinary issues. Uh, I pee. I have to go a lot. It doesn't feel like my bladder empties out. And uh, sometimes, uh, as I told a doctor a couple of years ago, I said, uh, sometimes peeing is an adventure. I don't know what kind of a stream I'm going to get. Now, I know you're saying, why don't you sit down? Well, sitting down seems to make it harder to pee. Uh, it seems, it doesn't, and, and then it's hard for me. I have to hear it. I have to hear the pee getting into the water. And some, and so then I have to, it's, it's really, you know. Eh. So uh, I had my physical last November or December or something like that and um, the nurse practitioner that I was with I talked to her about it and she said well you know we can get you set up with our urologist I think we should do that she had me tested for prostate cancer I don't have that uh, so I'm clear as far as that goes but I do have uh, you know I'm a man of a certain age the prostate begins to enlarge I do have a little bit of that going on but really the problem is there's a, a bit of the prostate has kind of poked its way into my bladder and it's acting like a little bit of a ball valve kind of closing off the uh, the, the, the the urine you know it's kind of it's not letting it all get through so I'm not completely emptying out there is uh, there's the, and the the uh, my doctor uh, or the urologist that I saw uh, said there's there's four options you can one let's just uh, not do anything and just monitor it and see if it gets any worse uh, there's two we can put you on a medication see if that helps now that has some side effects that you might have to deal with but uh, we can work with that and see what can happen there uh, there's and then there's two kinds of surgery that could happen and so we're going with the medication right now took my first dose today he said in a couple days I should notice something uh, is should notice improvement so we'll see but I saw the inside of my bladder and the ins I saw it on the cam on the TV there and the thing it feels weird <laughs> it feels weird but uh, I got to take a look at my insides good night doctor good night Frau Blucher and that was pretty cool, and I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you this past week. Um, uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, remember to be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, I am your host, Jim Dr. Dan Fitzsimmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. I had a camera in my penis. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by 
Aeolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.